0: There's an old Latin saying, Repetitio est mater studiorum. Repetition is the mother of learning or the mother of studies. There's a real common sense wisdom in this old proverb, right? The more we repeat something, the more we do something, the more we learn it, right? Well, today our gospel gives us a parable that may feel repetitive to some, the parable of the prodigal son. It's arguably Christ's best-known parable. And we had it not even six months ago as the gospel for the fourth Sunday in Lent. Many of us know the story by heart, right, about the wayward son who realizes his folly, who returns and encounters a loving and merciful father, and of course his older brother, who's discontented and upset. But given that repetition is the mother of learning it makes sense that we should look at this parable again over and over again because the message of this parable is crucial is very important and we need to let it sink in and also i would say that our readings today give us some additional insights into this parable Our Responsorial Psalm and our second reading provide us with two individuals, David and St. Paul, who can help us understand better the prodigal son and his discontented older brother. Let's start first with King David from the Responsorial Psalm, which is taken from Psalm 51, which is the great penitential psalm. Traditionally, we've attributed the authorship of the psalms to David. And this is especially true with Psalm 51, which he wrote after he repented from two very grievous, very serious sins he had committed. First, he committed adultery with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, one of his soldiers who was away on campaign. And then when he learned Bathsheba was with child, he ultimately uh, was behind the murder of Uriah, He's guilty of adultery and murder, two very serious sins. And he's confronted about this by the prophet Nathan, and to King David's eternal credit, he very sincerely repents of these sins and does penance, and he composes this psalm, which begins with, Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness, and the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense." Thoroughly wash me from my guilt and of my sin, cleanse me. You know, David gives us an image of the prodigal son. The prodigal son was forgiven. And on top of that, he didn't lose his status as his son. Remember, the prodigal son, his original plan was to go to his father and say, Look, I don't deserve to be your son. Treat me like a servant. And the father will hear nothing of that. And so it is with David. David is forgiven, uh, and he still retains uh, this special office of king and um, special place in the sight of God. He goes on to be remembered as the greatest of kings, and Scripture actually says of David, he was a man after God's own heart. Even more, among the titles of Jesus, one of the more prominent is Son of David. David. You know, I think David is a good prism to look at the the parable of the prodigal son through. Because his sins are so concrete and so obviously bad. And there's a temptation when we read about David's sin to think, That's horrible. Glad I'm not like him. I would never do those things. Those are horrible sins. But the truth is that the line between good and evil runs through us all. As the Russian writer Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote, we are all fallen human beings, and we need to keep in mind that old saying, there but for the grace of God go I. You know, the attitude that says, I'm better than David, I wouldn't do those terrible things, it's indicative of the sin of pride the sin that's illustrated by the older brother and by the Pharisees to whom Jesus is directing this parable in the first place. You see, pride is so deadly because on the outside it doesn't seem that bad. It doesn't seem as bad as adultery or murder or wasting your inheritance on prostitutes in a dissolute life like the, the prodigal son. But the pride of the older son, what does it do? It bubbles over into this anger and resentment, and ultimately, it's because of his pride that he won't enter into this banquet in his father's house, and that's a big problem. In Jesus' parables, the banquet always stands for heaven, so his pride is keeping him out of heaven, right? If sins are what are an obstacle to a relationship between us and God, and uh, ultimately, if not repented of, could keep us out of heaven, keep us out of that eternal communion with God, this parable is saying pride is a deadly sin for a reason, right? Even after his father comes and pleads with him, he refuses. His pride has hardened his heart, and he refuses to rejoice in his brother's return. But there is hope, even for, the el- for an elder brother, even for those of us who struggle with pride, even for an arrogant Pharisee. And we see this in our second reading, right? Because Paul was originally a Pharisee and a very zealous one. And as he tells us in this reading, he violently persecuted the early church. In his ignorance, as he said, he rejected the good news of the gospel at first, initially, and he sought to stamp it out, to wipe it out. But he he was mercifully treated by the Lord, and Christ appointed him to ministry. Christ's mercy, he eventually came to know and accept and was transformed by it. You really, the common thread weaving together David, Paul, and the prodigal son is the mercy of God. The God who loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son to seek and find the lost. The mercy of God, which is so beautifully illustrated in the parable by the father, who won't even hear, let his son finish this this confession he prepared, but immediately clothes him in the finest robe, ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. And that is the same beautiful mercy we experience in the sacrament of confession. The Lord waits for us as the father waited for the prodigal son, as God waited for David and Paul, as the father pleads with the elder son to let go of his pride and come into the banquet. He waits to forgive us our sins. He wants the lost to be found. He wants his children to come home. And it doesn't matter what we may have done. No sin is beyond his power to forgive. No number of sins is too strong for him to wipe away. Repetitio es mater studiorum. Repetition is the mother of learning. This is a message we need to hear over and over again. We need to hear that God is merciful, that his mercy is stronger than our sins, and that he's waiting for us. And we need to experience this mercy over and over again. That's why the church has always encouraged frequent confession because we need to experience this mercy regularly. We sin regularly. We need to experience his mercy regularly. So let us resolve to make confession a regular part of our spiritual life so that we can experience over and over again the love and mercy of God the Father.